is a special presentation of the Buccaneers Sports Network. This is the Jay and Keith Show. Two broadcasters, two microphones, and one meticulously scripted podcast. You what? Just kidding. Get it, J.K.? You get it. That's what I thought was so funny. It's not funny. Alongside Keith Brake, here's the voice of the Bucks, Jay Sandoz. Home stretch, here we come. Jay Keith talking a little Southern Conference standings and breakdown and pre-tournament. It's a lot to go over. Plus, we'll obviously talk to tissue men's basketball, women's basketball. May touch on a few other sports as well. Baseball off to a good start. Baseball. Six and one. Best start since 2019. Were they six and one then? Mm-hmm. Yes. Huh. I don't know if they tied that or if they were. Uh, no. Seven and oh. Yeah. And their only loss was to a, a fairly decent team down the road, correct? A team that's yes. kind of okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Ranked pretty high type deal. Mm-hmm. And I think if you put best on best, that, that outcome, I mean, in terms of pitching, that whereas one team has a little bit of a deeper pitching staff than the other just by the nature of things, I would say the game might be a little bit more interesting. Uh, certainly wouldn't have turned out the way that it did. But anyway, uh, yeah, baseball off to a good start. Women's basketball gets two big wins. Men's basketball is still fighting to try to get a first-round bye. They have a slim and slimming chance of it. Uh, it's slimming down faster than me on the treadmill, for sure. But uh, it is slimming down. Uh, game by game and day by day. Uh, we'll talk about all of that uh, throughout the show today. Um, you think, uh, yeah, I, we uh, home stretch. Don't forget to stretch at home. I did some stretching at home last night, and then got on the treadmill for five miles. I've, I've been, I've been working. I've been trying to work out a little bit more to get get, get myself a little bit more fit, uh, so that the stress of conference season and the the finish line of, of basketball season doesn't just completely destroy me. And uh, it's been good. I've been working out late at night and uh, managing to not disrupt my wife's ability to sleep and just trying to get uh, like a 5K in four times a week. Walking, not running. Walking a 5K four times a week. So get on the treadmill for a while, get myself back to A shape. But I'm, I'm in that weird space where, and you, you probably know all about this, where like you've started exercising and like your body is starting to burn some fat, but it doesn't store it the way that it burns it. It's like it's different. So when you initially start working out, you're like even more misshapen as the proportions become different because different parts of your body have more fat stored on them than others. So I just kind of, I looked weird for like two weeks and now I'm starting to look better. I just think it's impressive you can do it at treadmill because that was always part of my problems. Stationary bike, the elliptical, the yep. stairmaster, the whatever else I've tried, like not moving. And I, and I know that may be weird because you are moving, you're stepping, you're doing whatever, but right. like not like moving ground. You're not progressing right, to a point. Something, yeah. walk to some point or around some. Like that has been tough for me to try to uh, do. Now, I did for a while. Stairs uh, back in the weight room before they redid the training room, actually. And I could, I could get on that for a while. I did do that. But yeah, I, I have a hard time staying on that. Uh, walking around my old neighborhood was great. Yeah. Because it was a lot, um, 
of side roads and whatever now live on uh, what's it, it's a, a massive hill. Like, if you're going to walk, and I live on a circle, but if you're going to walk that circle, buddy, you're pot committed on like that 25 grade hill. Like, it is like you are, you are humping that thing up the hill. Yeah, no uh, doubt. I, there are old people that seem to have no trouble with it, mm-hmm. and I got embarrassed by them, and I only got about 10 to themselves. Yeah, like back in like. Uh, probably about 10 years ago, I lived, when I was working in minor league baseball, um, I was in, like, this gated apartment complex, which I did not need to. I was in the wrong income bracket for that. But uh, I would just be able to walk big, long laps at night around the complex, and then they had a workout facility I had a key to so I could do whatever I wanted. And I was in great shape then. Um, and then I went to North Dakota, and you can't really go outside and Dakota without putting on body armor. So, uh, because it's it's cold. Like, it's basically like your mountain climber gearing up. Yeah, and I call it body armor, because that's kind of what it was. Like, you had to preserve yourself against the onslaught of the cold. And uh, that, that that put some pounds on. So, just trying to, you know, w- once you discover a way to do it, it becomes so much easier to, to for your body to hold yourself accountable. So, like, when we were on the road, when I was on the road women's basketball uh, at Sanford, I knew I was going to have a tough time getting a workout in because we were on the road, we're traveling, you know, and I'm going to be eating a lot of carbs and things because I'm with performance athletes, and so just by nature being around them, like, you're going to be in a carb-heavy environment because they need those things to perform. And my body got jittery was because I, w- I had – withdrawal cardio withdrawals like when are we going to get on the treadmill when are we getting on the treadmill when are we getting on the treadmill and it became like this internal compulsion from my brain was like hey we need to get on the treadmill we need to work out we need to get on the treadmill get on the treadmill go for a walk do something and so i just because i could not sleep with this going on in my brain at two o'clock three o'clock in the morning i got on the treadmill in our hotel in birmingham and walked three plus miles just to get my brain to shut up. That's how, I, I don't know how I found myself in that rhythm, but once I did, it, my body would not let go of it. And that's when I knew that I was on to something. And part of it was podcasts, like, the, like, like this one. Not this one specifically. I listen to other podcasts. But podcasts helped me just finding the right place with the right people, with the right conversation. Well, that was going to be my second engaged. question because – the other part of me, when I was working out, was figuring out what to listen to. Like, depending on, like, if you're doing, and for a while there, especially uh, when I have the, I still have a back problem, uh, war-related injury, and so I was trying, because when I first got back, I wasn't quite sure what was wrong with my back, I couldn't really do anything, so I got up to, like, 200, almost 40 pounds, which is a lot, yeah. Losing 40 pounds is a pretty big deal, but, you know, for a while there, I couldn't do it. So they, they didn't want me to work out, they didn't want me to do whatever, and then I got into, okay, now you need to start moving a little bit, you need to start working out, but then it was different because when I was doing cardio, different type of things I would listen to. Right. Was lifting weights, that's a whole different, mm-hmm. you know, psyching yourself out, a little more heavy type listening right. stuff. And podcasts back when I was working out was not a thing. You know? Right, right. So... Uh, now, if I do anything out in the yard, work, or mulch, or something like that, I'm, I'm in the podcast mode where I'm the same thing, or doing something around 
especially around the house, tinkering with something, whatever, get into that. My brain, where I struggle, and I'll be curious to see, you have a target you're trying to hit, I assume, right? When I, and this happens to me every few years, I'll gain back up to 210, and it, it just will happen. I'll get back up to 210, and then bam, I will get back into, I, I got to lose, I got to lose, and I'll get to 190. And here's what always happens. I get to 190. And then you stop. Cold turkey. Cold turkey. It's, it's like, like, yeah, I'm it's done. Like, it's like a decade I my worth. Mark, I'm this done. is like a decade worth. That I've gotten in there, and I'm like, ah, I'm 190. And I'm like, ah. Yeah, I, I started. I started to get a little bit complacent when I came in for uh, the women's game against, um, oh, who was it, uh, Chattanooga, and Lee Morrow stopped me in the hallway. I was like, "Hey, have you lost weight?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, Coach Morrow, I have." And I almost, I almost, I was like, "People think I've lost weight now, so I guess I've lost some weight, so I'm done." And, and you can't do that. You got to push through that. Um, and my body was re- refused to let me stop, uh, which was the hard part. And that's the thing is, it's just finding ways to stick with it and finding something you can engage with. And especially when you're doing it four times a week, podcasts can be challenging because I had one that I burned through an entire season of in, um, it was an eight episode podcast. So I just burned through it in a week. I was like, well, I've got this going. Where do I go next? And finding podcasts that are long enough to, you know, time out my workout to where I can try to beat, the end of the pod, so I'm listening to it a little bit on my cool down. Like that, that, that was always uh, the really challenging part. But I found, I've also found that it's a great way to explore other interests. Like, like if you're a if you're a sports fan, maybe you listen to sports podcasts. Me, I like to go home and and not do sports. I like to do like comedy writing podcasts. And um, there's one I'm listening to right now that's about the history of the Eurovision Song Contest. And like just doing all these different, like, like finding different avenues to explore and seeing if I like different things. So it's now become a way for me to not just get healthier, but also expand my universe a little bit. Yeah, I actually don't listen. I'm trying to think all the podcasts I listen to. There's one I listen to that is Chicago Cup related. Yeah, I can see that. So uh, I feel like when you work out, I, I was going to say, when, when you work out, I feel like you listen to Butt Rock. Like Nickelback and Theory of a Dead Man, like that kind of stuff. Like you, you're a butt rock guy. No, no, no. I'm trying to think. Uh, no Creed in there. No nothing. No. What about grunge? Like you're because you you also are like midnight Pearl, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, any of that stuff. Sound. Yeah, Soundgarden is a little. I do love Spoonman. Spoonman. But no, I listen actually more. It is high energy, like metal type, uh, but it's okay. not metal. It's, it's, it's actually, believe it or not, it's more uh, techno or dance, which I think. Really? And things that I would not. Pro- well, no, I listen to some of that anyway. I, my, I'm such an eclectic. Like, if you go through, and you know I collect vinyls. If you go through my vinyl yes. collection, it is all over the map. I mean, you can go from, like, CCR and the Eagles on one end to uh, early rap run DMC, the Raising Hell vinyl. Sure, yeah. Early LL Cool J, then you can get into the Prince, Madonna, Pop, Michael Jackson type stuff. The stuff that really you should have bought it on a CD, that kind of stuff. Right. <laughs> and, you do, and then you get into the, the Bon Jovi's and things. And oh, no. Well, I, you and can. I know. And you get a little further, and then there's, you know, like the Black Album Metallica's in there. So, I mean, okay, it, well, is, it is, all, I mean, Conway Twitty. I mean, I literally, 
It is all over <laughs> they the They just map. throw me a curveball there. Yeah, I have the uh, Tron Legacy soundtrack on vinyl by Daft Punk. So, like I said, not Fever, which is always That's a good, a good one. one. That's a good I, one. I, to work out with, to me, to keep the steps sort of lift. Now, Got when I was to lifting, it. To it. It, it was a little more heavy and, you know, something to, like, get your rage, and, you know, kind of a rage type deal. But, no, I've always been, I need something to, especially being military and not getting the, you know, the, the left, right, left, one, two, three out of your head when you're, you're running, whatever. Yeah. The techno or dance type music, uh, it's not even techno, it's just kind of more upbeat. Sure, uh, yeah. Uh, that type rhythmic stuff is what I try to do. So when I'm listening to it, I can in my head, I'll know, okay, this is good because I can get a one, two, three, four counted with my yeah. left, right, left, left. But again, that's just where it's been ingrained into me. I just picture you vibing out to some Swedish house mafia as you get your run in. That's that's what I, that's the image that I want to see. I want to see you like just Jay Sandoz rocking out to some EDM, getting himself in shape. So what's that? Kevin's EDM makes you healthier is not something that I would have. So we totally sidebar everything. Let me tell you my running story though. So I okay when I first got out of the military, like I don't know, you know just for sure was was you know the back charge and all that, and went into running, uh, you know, and before the back injury, four or five miles a day, mm-hmm. four or five days a week I could run, and did it, and was, you know, very into it and all that stuff, and one day I'm running out, and I, again, like I just said, I like to run two and a half miles one way, because then I know you got to run to get home, right? Right. I like running in the circle a lot, I like to run to a place, walk to a place, and then turn yeah, around it, and go back. Yeah, I, I got to, if I go that far out, you have to go home, you know, because I'm not going to call an Uber or anything crazy. And back when this no, happened, you? there was no Uber back then. Anyways, and I ran, one day I was running, I was out with the military, and I got about two and a half miles out, and I made the turn, and I was actually running on University Parkway. I turned to run back, and then I just started to walk, and I remember thinking to myself, man, I hate running. <laughs> Never liked it. Not one second that I run that because you enjoyed I loved it. it. It was because you just, you just kind of had to or did. The exercise or, in, it produces endorphins. You telling me that you're you're like I walked back that whole way, and that was the last time I've, I've ran uh, for fun or exercise. You just ran endorphin dry. It's like you you I, had hit peak endorphin, and then you and, were just all downhill from there. And, and I had a lot of talks with myself at that point because I was walking back, and I was like, you know what I'm going to do also? I'm not going to crease my pants anymore. You know what else I'm not going to do? I'm not going to shave my face. I mean, I had a lot, I had a lot of talk about loft, <laughs> lofty life things where I was like things that I was like you just did, and I was like, nope, not doing it anymore. And so since then, like I said, you know, just to put on a pair of shoes, I'm like, I'm going to go for a run. Not, not, has not happened since that moment, which would have been, I'm trying to do the math real quick, would have been, 17 years ago. Well, probably last time I actually. Uh, I no, actually yeah. was last time I ran. Well, I'm glad you made that. I'm glad you were able to make that choice instead of having it made for you. Yes, that is. Uh, that, that's, that's there's something to be said yeah, for that. That's, that's, there's that's, something to be said for that. All right, let's uh, let's let, let's about? dive into some basketball. I think I think we want to dive into some hoops uh, on the Jay and Keith show. We'll talk. We'll talk women's basketball first because they've got a lot on the line this week. Well, senior day, first of all. We got a five, five 
ladies, if you were there, of course, JJ, Jayla Rufus Miller had not played uh, this season coming off that injury from last year, but she was honored. Uh, Ja'Kaya Davis was honored. Sarah Thompson. Well, you just talk Carter. right through the bump. Just blow right through it. I don't it. care about the bump, the music. No, I'll bet you don't. Was that Chill Wave or was you play? You play no, that was, that was hip-hop. That was hip-hop. Largest win over Western Carolina in 29 years. Um, 19, February 1995 was the last time they beat them by uh, that much. It was the third largest win for ETSU in the history of the series and the fourth largest win for either team uh, in the series. And uh, one of the best offensive games that the Bucks have played this season just in terms of their efficiency, the way they were able to move the basketball and circulate the ball. The Vey Brown career-high seven assists. Uh, got Sarah Thompson involved in a couple of buckets. Malia Kirker got a three late. Beatty hit a couple. Um, and Brecken Snetherly with uh, 15 for the game high was uh, really, really good on, on Saturday and, and just felt like a, a very complete performance, the kind of thing that you want to see your team do as you go into some high-stakes basketball games in the final week because now with Wofford losing to Mercer and UNCG beating Chattanooga, there are four teams – that have seven wins going into the final weekend. And ETSU and Wofford play twice, but UNCG and Mercer only play once. And UNCG has Western Carolina at home, which Fleming Gym has basically been a fortress for the Spartans this season. So you feel like that's probably going to be a win. Mercer, Sanford's up in the air. Um, and then ETSU plays Wofford on Thursday. And the Bucks have a measure of control considerable control over their own destiny because if they went out, they're the two seed no matter what. Yeah, they'll be the only team with five losses and you know, that's, I think you ask any coach, any player, hey, how would you like the last week of the season to come down to like, well, I'd like to control my own destiny and ETSU can do that. Uh, Wofford's what, lost three in a row now and been stumbling and ETSU maybe on a little uptick after a couple of wins this past weekend. They can go on the road, knock off uh, Wofford you sit there near the two seed. That's a way different look of things than if you were to split. More than likely, they're in the four or five game. If you lose both, you're in the four right. or five game. So uh, it's really hard for any scenario to get to, to the three. It can happen. It can happen. But there's uh, you need to I believe you and CG would right? have to lose to Western yes, Carolina yes. again. Right. Which again, you already said Fleming Jim was her 14th. Yeah, and the fact that they've already lost him, they got to be lost. Yeah, and they're coming off one of their best. uh, Again, I thought they couldn't have a better fourth quarter than what I saw them do against ETSU, and then I saw them raise the bar uh, on the road at Chattanooga for a fourth quarter. That was incredible. I'm anxious about Chattanooga. I know, obviously, you know, you you cheerlead Chattanooga's downfall and anything, but like just as a as a title contender, watching this and trying to step back and be objective about it. I'm a little bit anxious about Chattanooga because the last couple of games, they have looked a little bit wobbly. They weren't super convincing against ETSU. The Bucks just didn't hit shots, uh, which is why that game got to where it was. I, that team makes me nervous now in the tournament. I am very nervous to see what it looks like when they go to Furman. Do they come out with a little fire under them, 
or do they continue to wobble, kind of like Wofford has? Wofford's lost three in a row. That was a team that looked like they had finally, you know, overcome some of the roller coaster stuff they were doing last season as they sort of happened into a SOCON title a season ago, regular season title uh, a, a year ago. Now they've lost three straight. They've lost three straight to, was it Furman, Sanford, and Mercer? Which is not the way that you want to go into the tournament. So did they come out with urgency against an ETSU team that they got the better of? You know, what does ETSU come back with after a really complete effort? They, they played a great, gritty win, able to grind it out. Megan Downing hits the winner with 27 seconds left against UNCG on Thursday. And we'll talk about her in a second, put a pin in that. And then Nevae Brown is just terrific, doing Nevae Brown things to lead the charge on Saturday to send the seniors out with a blowout win. Now you've got those games under you. You've got some traction going. You know that this Wofford team is a team that you should have played better against at Freedom Hall. What do you look like as you go to their place? And then Furman, a team that might not have a whole lot to play for. They're kind of locked into the seven at this point. Uh, What do they have on the final day? A team that you could conceivably face in the first round of the SOCON tournament again. So the, the question of what do teams do, how do teams look in this final week, it's going to come down to the wire for pretty much everybody, but Chattanooga is also going to have a little bit of a show-me about him or needs to have a little bit of a show-me about him. I think ETSU will. I think Wofford will. That Thursday game is, should be an absolute uh, uh, headliner-type, put-a-star-by-this-game, game-of-the-night material. And then Saturday you've got some big ones with UNCG Western and then Sanford and Mercer. Uh, but everybody's got something to prove, I feel like, going into the final two games of the regular season. Well, Wofford is interesting because you mentioned the three games. You're right. Those were the three teams they lost to. They lost them all on the road. They're 12-1 yes. and one at home. Yeah. 5-0 and oh in the league at home. They're 3-10 and 10 on the road, 2-5 and five on the road in league action. But one of those road wins, obviously, was ETSU right. in Freedom Hall. But Wofford is a – Different, like a lot of teams, they are a different team at home, and now they're going to wrap up the final two games at home against the, the right. What we thought is still two pretty solid opponents in ETSU, then follow that up with Chattanooga. And, and you look at it and say, well, coming back home, this is the chance to circle the wagons. But you've also got an ETSU team that's going on the road with some confidence. Finally, we hit some shots. We played defense the way that we wanted to. Do we go on the road and do our thing against Wofford? And Wofford's looking at this saying, hey, we haven't been playing great we got to finish strong. We're finishing at home. We should have a little bit of a crowd for these last couple of games. Let's get the job done. This is where we get the job done. Uh, those Something's got to give in those two mindsets uh, on Thursday night. Interesting to see because Wofford just shocked the lights out of it in the first matchup in Freedom Hall. And it was a little tit for tat because ETSU also uh, in the first half from beyond the arc was kind of lights out. But then ETSU cooled off. Wofford stayed hot. So it'll be curious to see. There'll be a lot that will come up uh, Thursday. I'm trying to think of the math of what all we got going on this week. I hit the roads. So we should do whatever we can to try to get a show uh, Friday because that – so wrap up not just with the women and how those standings are looking in yeah. ETSU, specifically where they go, but I think it'll just be interesting to see how that breaks down and all the scenarios there. Plus also uh, we'll talk about in a second the men's side getting that too. But you said put a pin in uh, Oh, my goodness, Megan Downing. 
when the season started, Megan Downing was the number two center, and she was just asked to be solid. Not going to be an offensive juggernaut, not going to be asked to knock down jump shots from the elbow or from the baseline from 14 feet. Just be solid, get you four to six points, play good defense, rebound the ball, block a couple shots. Hey, we're great. Ja'Kia Davis goes down against Mercer and gave it a go against Chattanooga. Wasn't working. Megan Downing is now the starting center. After last year, she was supposed to be the number three center behind River Rufus Milner and Ja'Kia, and River goes down with the knee against Sanford and doesn't come back. And then Jabo has to take over as the starting center, and Downing has to play 15 to 17 minutes a night as the backup. Oh, yeah, and she's playing with a partially torn labrum in her hip, so she's on one and a half good legs. And she finds a way to just get through that. Now it seems like we're at a turning point for her, where her confidence has shifted and grown, and she executes so well in this offense and has earned so much trust from from Mach and Joe Silvestri, her position coach, and from her teammates on the floor, particularly the Bay Brown, Kendall Foley, they look for her as a scoring option because teams are doubling and sometimes tripling they because she's the sort of the chairwoman of this, this committee scoring effort. And Megan Downing has provided something that ETSU sorely needs in a time where the post is in a little bit of crisis without JMO, and that's stability and reliability. Let me ask you this, and you haven't seen as many ETSU women's basketball games over the last three weeks as I have. How many times have you seen Megan Downing bobble or flat miss a catch on the block or the baseline? It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, Off the top of my head, I can think of one, but you're talking about a three-week span. Exactly. She can go weeks without a, a, a miscatch. She catches the ball. She catches it secure. She goes up with it with a jump shot. She goes, and I jump shot, more of a set shot. But anyway, she goes up with it. She goes up to the rim with it. She slashes well. Um, it just has great anticipation for where she's supposed to be at the time she's supposed to be there. And that train is never late. It's, I've been really impressed with the growth across the course of this season and the second half of this season in particular that Megan Downing has shown. And her ceiling, I I think, is higher than maybe you and I sitting here talking about her at the beginning of the year would have anticipated. This is a player that's going to grow a lot over the next eight months. And when she comes back in November, it's going to be really, really fun to see where she is as a basketball player because she's healthy, she's confident, and now she's starting to get traction. She's seeing the ball go in. She's blocking shots. There was a sequence against UNCG where she put a shoulder in Khalees Kane's chest, and Kane kind of looked stunned because not many people do that in this league and get the better of Khalees Kane doing it. Then Downing goes up for a layup. Back the other way. UNCG tries to answer quickly. Downing blocks the shot. It turns into a transition layup the other way for ETSU. Megan Downing basically responsible for a four-point swing right there. Six-point swing. 
I mean, that that's the kind of moments that I think we're going to see more of from 20 in white. And, man, that's awesome. It's just awesome to see a player break out like that. That's one of the big storylines of this season for ETSU. The set shot, as you call it, the mid-range. The mid-range. I think, I think that is. It's, it's a jump. I mean, it's, it's a jumper, but is it really a jumper? If you could barely slide an index card under her feet, you know, like, it's kind of a jumper. Yeah, I just but the point being the but fact the point that being. the mid-range jumper has been made, and she's making those a little more regularly, and they're trusting her on the pick and roll. Or, in a couple of cases, Neve has rejected the screen on baseline, drew a double team, kick out for the mid-range jumper. Right. And she's knocking those down. So, hitting layups by post player, expect it. Getting yeah. those mid-range shots, that's where you know you're elevated. She enables ETSU to take what the defense is giving them. Because she executes. She shoots at a really high, reliable clip. She rebounds okay. She blocks shots. She does all the things that they need her to do, and she's become way more of an offensive option than I think a lot of us thought she would be in her sophomore year. Now, junior year, you're thinking, all right, maybe a little bit more of a backup to Ja'Kai Davis before Ja'Kai got hurt and was on her own senior day. Obviously, is, is, uh, her time with the program is winding down. But now, potential starting center for ETSU next year, hey, she's pretty good. And Samia Puckett behind her is getting a great example of what you need to do to get consistent floor time and and how your team expects to be able to rely on you. And Puckett, she ain't nothing to sneeze at in terms of talent. I mean, she's a player that if she puts it all together, she's going to be really, really good as well for ETSU in the post. I think – Again, we talked last year, I thought uh, Kirkner was probably the most improved player in the, maybe all of college basketball, let alone ETSU. And earned a scholarship for it. And I think to show how ETSU's been able to develop, I think Megan Downey made the biggest jump this year. I don't think as large as Kirkner did, um, but Downey made a huge jump this year. And some of it uh, was expected just because the extra minutes, you get more reps, but I think the surprising part is how comfortable I think now she looks on the floor and, and involved with everything and defensively too, that's another part that maybe is a little underrated you mentioned the block shot, but I feel like defensively and rebounding, mm-hmm. again the communication, because when you're the back end of that uh, really most man-to-man type defenses, but zone, you know, we saw right. UNCG, they came out in zone they did the same thing against Western, yeah. you still have to have somebody in the middle that understands what's going on and communicating with everybody is kind of that quarterback of the defense, which happens to me. I think she's getting a little more vocal. And we also found out uh, something interesting from Megan that she hasn't scored as much so that she doesn't have to talk to you. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> well, no, she, what she That's said. That's what I heard. You well, heard something different. What she said was, you know, like we were getting ready for an interview and she kind of talked about, like a lot of young players, like, yeah, you know, uh, I don't really love doing the media. You know, it's kind of it feels like I'm under a lot of pressure. And I was like, well, maybe you should get fewer buckets, and then you wouldn't have to talk to us as much. You ever thought about that? And she said, deadpan, straight back. Oh, I have. And that just caught me so off guard because no one's ever said that before. Uh, it was hilarious. And so she said, I'm, I'm not going to, but I've thought about it. Yeah, there's two types that of was, layers. That was great. There's the I, I don't want to do it or prefer not to do it. And then you have the ones that always make eye contact with you, like, hey, Neiman, 
and you come over, I'll come over. Yes. And we all know each team. Yep. Who those uh, players are. Yes. Uh, no matter what sport it is, <laughs> you spend enough time around a team, and they know that there's a chance they're going to be an interview. There yep. are. There's about half the squad, maybe not half, but there's there's definitely several that kind of look at you every game like, hey, if you need me, I'll come over. And then there's some that just kind of like don't want to make eye contact right. with you, even if they had a great game. Right. They're like, uh, I, I, uh, yeah, whatever, and they don't want to talk. For ETSU, it's Kendall Foley and Megan Downing. Or, I'm not sorry, Kendall Foley and Debay Brown are the two that are just like, hey, you need me on the radio? Like, all the time. Right? They, are, they are perfectly willing to be, you know, face the program type of players, and then some some kids will do it if they if they have to, and then some kids are just like, do I do I have to? And, and the thing is, like some of the ones that are like, do I have to? They're actually pretty good. They're pretty good at it. I won't I won't put anybody on blast right now, but like there there are some that are just like, yeah, you know, I really don't want to do this, don't like doing this, but they're they're solid at it. Like they give you good answers. Yeah, there, there are some that actually didn't ever want to do it when they were a player. Wear me out. <laughs> I don't want to bring up names like Tim Smith, the all-time leading scorer, but he never wanted to talk. He he, he, li- he did not early. He was a mm-hmm. fairly shy guy uh, for the most part, yeah. and did not like doing any type of interviews. And now it's funny because when he sees me, there's always that eye contact. I'm talking. Where it's like, you need me. Yeah. <laughs> and he's it, it, great. He's always been a good talker. Always says the right things. Yes, absolutely. And, and we, we'll talk to Tim anytime. Yeah, you're not yeah. score. We'll talk. We, to will, we will talk to Tim anytime uh, he wants to uh, to talk to us. We will talk to him. We'll sit down and uh, and have conversation. I hope he's enjoying the Sports Illustrated spread on his wall. Oh, that's right. You gave it that to came him. out of my office. Yeah. yeah, gave it to him is a little strong. I'll you go charged him, didn't you? I'll go. I did not charge yeah, him. Okay. I was just told it was happening and and had to accept it. So, oh, yeah. but I, in fairness, it was nice and. Uh, I, I had a whiteboard that I put in its place, so I'm much more organized now without it. So I hope and, you know, Tim enjoys it, and it worked out for me. I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, we'll, we'll transition now to uh, talking about some men's basketball, where ETSU got a lot on the line over the course of the next five, six days. That's right. That's you're darn right. Yeah. That's right. Admiral has the con. All right. <laughs> I like that bumper too. All right. That's, that's a good uh, one. It is a good one. Let's talk a little bit of basketball. Periscope. Uh, each issue on the road take on the Citadel had a big win yeah. against Chattanooga, and UNCG could have had a firm stranglehold on the two seed, except they get season swept. By the Mercer Bears, it was an interesting Saturday. Dun, dun, dun. Around the Southern Conference, uh, Sanford wraps up the regular season championship. Uh, because of those couple losses, they wrap up the number one seed. They would have just had a share, end up being the outright. Um, and with a couple games to go, very impressive. 14-2 mark for them, 25-4 overall. 
And, and Chattanooga and UNCG losing opens the door for the Furman Paladins to snipe the two seed. Furman can come again a couple weeks ago when they played, you know, on that CBS game at ETSU, CBS Sports game at ETSU. Yep, yep. There was a chance they could have dropped into the seventh slot and had to play on Friday, and now they're staring down a couple of dubs, and if a couple things break their way, they would be the two-seed overall, which would be quite a miraculous game. And think about this, they could be the two-seed even after blowing a five-point lead uh, with a couple minutes or actually 45 seconds to go against Sanford. But I do want to bring up one thing about Furman because a couple of Furman fans shot me some messages because we weren't able to pod last week, and Furman just mm-hmm. absolutely destroyed Chattanooga. And they said they actually waited all week to hear me gloat about Furman. <laughs> <laughs> so for the Furman Paladin fans yeah. out there that do listen to uh, Dr. Stone and those guys that listen to us, uh, I apologize. I did send them private messages back. Don't worry. I was celebrating with you. Every time you get another bucket on Chattanooga. So, sorry last week got uh, a little downhill with some other things we got going on around the department we're trying to handle. Plus, obviously, uh, the sad news around uh, last week as well. Just a lot of things going on. So, Furman, I apologize for not celebrating beating Chat because, as he said during the women's segment, I do celebrate anytime something goes wrong uh, with Chattanooga. Uh, I just wish that the Citadel. Exponent for ETSU after the Citadel just met Chattanooga uh, by nine. So we'll talk about at that their in a place, second. yeah. Uh, and Conroy, uh, and Conroy doing a great job again. But it, it's going to be a fun little race because Wofford's in an interesting spot. They've got Samford up next, and then they do have VMI at VMI. But if they were to stumble those two games, they could get to eight and ten. If ETSU were to win the next couple games and get to eight and ten which means obviously they win it, so that we've talked about. And they do what they did last year. Yes. Last game of the regular season, they knocked off UNCG. Can they do that again? Or UNCG is honestly, uh, is, I don't want to say struggling, but if you look at their last six games, you know, kind of 500. Yeah. So um, if ETSU were able to do that, they could still conceivably get out of that plane and be the 60. Now, a lot of things got to break, and VMI would have to beat Wofford, and VMI's yes. Nobody other Wofford than would have to, like, break into little pieces for that to happen. Well, like. Watkins would have to be back in VMI mm-hmm. because clearly without Watkins, VMI has been severely hampered on the offensive end uh, Yes. Watkins. So if Watkins, yes. who has been practicing and thought he may be able to go last game uh, and just was not able to go against Western Carolina, they thought a uh, possible game-time decision. So maybe Watkins is back. Maybe that's the difference maker. ETSU needs a little bit of help there. The Bucks do win two games. Mercer splits. And Mercer's got a couple of tough opponents. Number one, they're at Chattanooga. Yep. And then number two, they're at the, the, the little bumper we got there, the Furman Paladins. The Furman Paladins. So that's their last two games on the road. So it, you win one of those. Mercer loses both. You win both. You know, but there are some things. ETSU obviously owns a tiebreaker with Mercer. Correct. If ETSU, Mercer, and Wofford were to get in the three-way tie, ETSU would actually own the tiebreakers there. And there would be a combined three and one against the other two teams. Right. And I'll double-check, but I'm pretty sure they split. But I will, I will, I will confirm that otherwise. Uh, if not, I want to say Wofford splits. And Wofford did sweep them. 
which means ETSU and Wofford would then go head-to-head, which ETSU would have beat UNCG in that scenario. Wofford mm-hmm. did not, so ETSU mm-hmm. would get – so ETSU would win a three-way tiebreaker game. So, lot, again, we'll go over Unless this Wofford were to – well, no, if Wofford beats Sanford, then that scenario is off. Well, if they win one game, they're, right. they're not in it. Right, right, right. They just got to beat BMI. Or Sanford. You're right, either one. They, they, they mm-hmm. would say – could beat uh, – maybe Sanford's still celebrating. Could uh, beat Sanford way, and lose to BMI. Uh, the straight troll jobs that I've seen on the road lately have not talked about. Uh, after Sanford won and they're, they're given the trophy, they mm-hmm. made the announcement over the loudspeaker uh, to thank the best fans in the Southern Conference. And did so. And did so, I mean, right as the game ended, um, dropped the best fans of the Southern Conference. Uh, and, I mean, then, then uh, I think Bucky may have said it afterwards. The, the PA announcer said it to start with. Then I think Bucky said it. And then I didn't bring this up, too, but Chattanooga, ETSU chat game, going into, uh, I think, the under-eight media timeout uh-huh. second half, they played the wagon room. And I'm sitting there watching it. Getting to Johnson City, I'm just waiting because I know, I know something's up, but I can't figure out why. Yeah. And as soon as it gets to the, you know, um, there's a record scratch, and it shows an old lady taking a record off the record player and smashing it into a thousand pieces. <laughs> I mean, a thousand pieces. She beats that thing, and then there's like a meme that pops up that's like, you know, we won't do that no more. So I don't know, but. I've enjoyed that ETSU still yeah. not having uh, maybe the best season it wanted. I, I, is I think kind of rent free in a couple. Of what, what this means is that we've got to take the reins off Mike of Utah because he wants to do some of that stuff. Yes, yes, he does. Um, yeah. it, I, I think I it's great. Admit, I have to admit that the because I'm watching, I'm listening to Wagon One. I'm like, okay, they're, they're going to let them. Why, I, you know, if they let Johnson, I right. didn't think they would even let Johnson City. And I don't even know if they let all the words John City come out. I think it just started, and then it scratched, and then they broke it. But uh, I, I'm all for pettiness um, mm-hmm. amongst uh, fan bases and was 100% all for it. And I, I, th- yeah, I think that's great. that sort of stuff where ev- everybody can laugh at it, right? Like you're not actually yeah, insulting anybody. Right. It's just it's just good-natured back and forth. I mean, maybe Darius Rucker. It was his version. Maybe, maybe they insulted Darius. Well, no comment. But, uh, yeah, I, I love that stuff. I, I think it's great, and uh, I'm, I'm excited that, that uh, schools around the league are feeling comfortable enough to be, like, good-natured punchy with each other, if that makes sense. Just some good-natured back and forth. That's, uh, that's all I want. That's yeah. all I want. And, and since I don't know how many folks made the trip to those games, I just, you know, just let you know the, the trolls are out there. They are. They are. Uh, by the way, the 46, 800, whatever announced at the Sanford game. Oh, you got to be kidding me! It, the capacity, it says, is 5,000 if you go to the website. Mm-hmm. There's a whole upper deck that they didn't even roll the bleachers out. And on the other side upper deck, if there were 45 warm bodies, that was it. And then the lower bowl was not filled. And, and I don't even care if you want to do the ticket sold because they're averaging, okay, 1,800 a game is their average at home this year. So you can't just say tickets sold, like see tickets sold, it didn't show. Did the 1,800 not show up? I'm sorry. I, what you're saying is very important. I just reflexively said oofta. Like, I'm sorry. I just, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm from another planet now. 
going to go home and have some Lefsa and Ludafis for dinner. Ludafis is a Minnesota thing. That's just. Oh, okay. I was that, that, I, the, 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 the weird cultural artifacts that you pick up in this business traveling all over. I'm sure you've got some weird cultural artifacts from your time in Florida. Probably. Just something like you, something in your speech or like a word that you say that you wouldn't have picked up if you hadn't moved down there. Something like that. I was thinking. I'm sure, I'm sure there is. All right. Because no. I'm not that quick. You're what's your, what's your favorite non-Appalachian accent, by the way? What's, what's the one that you have the most fun with? Oh, uh, when we had the long string of uh, Irishmen, whether it was uh, cross-country or golf. Or soccer. Or soccer. We had a, we had Northern Irishmen in soccer. Ryan Coulter, yeah. I would always ask him if they're from Unicorn. I think I think uh, Ryan was from Northern Ireland, and then Colin Pugh was from the Republic of Ireland. I think I might have that backwards. They might both be from Northern Ireland, in which case I just um, committed a grave insult. Um, and, and it's the accent uh, slash the way they curse. It was always uh, irritating me. Yes. But again, and that's on many, and especially when Michelle Byrne was here, who was the, the women's uh, track cross country coach for a while when Michelle was here, she uh, she would get she would get rolled there for a while. <laughs> yeah, those those are. But yes, that, that's probably, uh, and I don't know if you may be looking for American accents there, but uh, either or, uh, either or, no, no, no like, judgment. No. I mean, Karen DeRocher say uh, drawer is always. I know Ryan Coulter's dad was a, he was a pop singer in Ireland. St- I think he might still be, actually. But he was like a, he had like several huge hits. And Ireland, pop, pop music in Ireland in the 80s and early 90s was just like, they were straight heat all the way through. Uh, but, yeah, anyway. Uh, I was thinking like Upper Midwest or New England or something like that. Texas, Oklahoma, which is like slightly different from our particular part of the South. I think of Texas and Oklahoma as like a distinct cultural unit, like related but distinct cultural unit. I think it's all the beef that they eat and like the climate and just the way that they dress because of the climate is a little bit different. The bolo ties and stuff like it's just it's 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 similar, like it's related. It's within the same group, but it's still a distinct thing. It's its own thing. And country music was better when they dominated it, just saying. As a Tennessean, it, it, it was better. Garth, Brooks and Dunn, all, all those all those, guys, all those acts. Um, where, what were we talking about? <laughs> you, you know, we, we had a sidebar on. Oh, we were talking about attendance. We were talking about Sanford's attendance. Well, no, 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 no. Well, it actually started with uh, Chattanooga breaking the record and trolling to attendance to. Oh, yeah, then sure. You, then you, yeah. Went, then you made some sort of. Well, you know, you said something about Samford and was like, yeah, hey, you yeah, went to or something. It's like they're up, averaging eighteen hundred, and they said they got forty eight hundred. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Calculate limitations on the, uh, um, you know, when you add up stuff. Do you so, understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? So, all right. Let's look. Let's look ahead. Uh, what's going on? ETSU this week. ETSU Oxford, in the Citadel. At the Citadel. Not a gimme. No. This is not a cakewalk that you just walk in and, uh, as Murray Barnes said, we can't just walk in and, you know, wave a magic wand and win. It's it's hard to win this game because 
Furman found that out. That's another Murray. I know, right? That's a that was a good one. And it's on the road. I remember that one. I remember that vividly. That was uh, was that Florida Gulf Coast? Yeah. It was Florida Gulf Coast or Stetson. Um, And 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 you you just left that on the road. You said it's always hard. Yeah, so to win on the road. To win on the road. Yes, yes, yes correct, Another correct. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, but the Citadel has been a challenging place for teams to go win. Mercer blew a second half lead, a double digit second half lead there. Furman needed a shot from a miracle shot from JP Pegues at the end of regulation with .8 seconds left to force OT and then sneak out with the win. Wofford won by two because yep. I don't know. Citadel forgot it was a one and one, but then Wofford got the rebound on a one and one up two on a miss and ran around for five seconds. Right and after. Chattanooga just lost there, so yeah, there's a lot of a lot that of is a game that there. is a snake pit, was yeah. what that is. And, and again, there some interesting games. Uh, I mean, Sanford's got to go on the road at Wofford, depending on if Wofford can muck it up. I think a game I didn't have Watkins UNCG might have struggled there. Western and Furman's going to be interesting. Because Furman knocked off Western to give them their first conference loss, yep. and then that kind of changed the complexion. Plus, that was really one of the first teams that said, we'll break you. We can do whatever you want. We'll just try to stop everybody else. Yep. And then Mercer, who knows what to make of it. You already mentioned they swept by ATSU. They blew that lead at the Citadel. But then they They've also UNCG. swept you at CG. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they'll be at chat. Um, so – Interesting to see if Furman's going to be able to pick up a couple of wins, one being at Western, the other will be at home at Mercer. Can they get to a, a two-seat? And because if Chattanooga loses to Western or Mercer, or both, they're out of that. And for ETSU fans, are going to try to make UNCG's life, uh, you know, living you-know-what coming up on uh, Saturday. Which, again, I'm sure Mike Jones is pointing that out when we get to that part of the show. Like, hey, guys. The game last year. <laughs> I do that a lot, and people just stare at me. They don't get. I I told I told Patrick Ball that when we did a side slab on the coach bios last year for the telecast, that we needed to do a who Mike Jones for UNCG, and I, I believe he did it, and it was awesome. There, a lot of times I'll say, who, "Who's coaching UNCG?" I'll just say it on purpose, and I'll say, "Mike, Mike I, Jones." I'll go, who? And then. Mike Jones. Yeah, and they, and they just – the bit's not – it's lost. It's lost. Uh, it's yeah, that's a generation gap thing, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, and I'm old, so. And I'm not as old as you are, but I, I, I'm an old soul. Uh, so, again, since we've sidebarred everything else, uh, listening, coming back from uh, one of my boys' basketball tournaments. Okay. Uh, Gatlinburg, my daughter's in the front seat. Now. She's like, what, what do you want to listen to? So, I'll, I'll roll through all kinds of 90s music. <laughs> And, it, and she knew words to some of them. And at one point, I played Run DMC, It's Tricky, and she knew the entire first verse. Oh, wow. Um, and she looked at me and said, you know, your music's pretty good compared to ours. And then she turns to the two eight-year-olds in the back. Now, she's 11, and goes, you guys wouldn't understand this music because you're not old enough. <laughs> And then she brought it back down to earth by looking at me and going, as she eyeballs me and goes, but our style is much better than yours. <laughs> so I was like, hey, I don't think you should judge the 90s styles by me, right? But can we agree on that? There is not She's anybody. just like, she's just oh. cooking every oh. Sandos guy in the in the Coming in hot. Yeah. You, you cannot ask her for an, you can't do the old, hey, I need your honest opinion. No, no, you can't ask. If you really want to know how. Looking or does oh, this work or, or, or 
how does this taste, do not ask your sixth grade daughter. Let me let me just say that. Unless unless the, I've got the sign on the door that says check your feelings at the door. <laughs> coming in hot. She comes yeah, in hot. So that wow. Uh, yeah, wow. Nice music. I, just I, I, we rotated it. Like she was she was like she turned that like she went and cooked the twins and then turned around and just absolutely blasted you with the flamethrower. I just wow, man. Wow. It, was, it was like eight seconds, too. It went from mm-hmm. pretty good music, you guys aren't old enough, uh, Daddy looked terrible. So that was, uh, which sounds right in my mind. I got one more sidebar for you right here at the end because I am a degenerate. I am a degenerate. About two hours before we started recording this podcast, maybe uh, actually about an hour before we started recording. We've been recording for almost an hour now. Pete Thamel of ESPN reported that the University of Massachusetts Amherst Minutemen will join the MAC in an upset as an all-sports member for the 2025-26 season. Speculation had been popular that they were going to join Conference USA as the 12th member of that conference, but instead they will become the 13th member of the MAC. Maction in Amherst. So I got a couple questions here. One, does the MAC add another team? To Great the question. Fourteen. Great question. What is Conference USA going to do for Team Twelve? Great question. And what is is it the B Ten? There's basketball too, right? Yes. So UMass is yeah. So the A Ten is now at fourteen. Believe it's so they may be. Maybe they could up. sit tight. There have been speculations that they might be interested, or that some CAA schools might be interested in joining the A-10. They've always flirted with 16. That's always for whatever reason the the A-10, like most conferences that have a number in their league, it never represents the actual number. Um, It's not even 10 Atlantic states. Because it includes Missouri. So, and... uh, so it's uh, in Illinois. It includes Illinois, Missouri, and Illinois. So, the conference shakeup is still is still. I would not be surprised around. to see more FCS movement. I mean, obviously the popular names, Missouri State's been out there a lot. Tarleton, which just made a huge upgrade to its state, they seat like twenty thousand now, and the attendance requirement just went away. Right. And then there's schools that have always been begging. Eastern Kentucky's been begging to go, and they've been in that that. that A couple been in the mold of you know, they've waited, 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 and like Jacksonville State is always, right. Kennesaw State is always. McNeese has kind of given, you know, like they've they've kind of given the hint that they would maybe like to to consider a, a jump uh, to the next level, but I don't know if they're ready to do that right now. It would have to be a really good situation because they're living high on the hawk because the the Southland, in order to keep them when the WAC came calling, uh, basically offered them, from my understanding, every conference championship event in Lake Charles. And that rankled some people, but like that's what they had to do in order to keep McNeese to keep the conference from falling apart. And then Lamar came back and uh, Incarnate Word, I believe, came back as well. So like you've got some schools that have moved back into the conference that have helped stabilize a little bit. You got commerce to transition up uh, and things are a little bit better situation right now. But McNeese would be one. I think you could probably say is going to throw their hat in the ring. How far do they get? I don't know. For me, it'd be Tarleton or Missouri State. Would be the two that I'd look at. I I want it to be like, 
personally, I would like to see Stephen F. Austin go up and then he re- reignite the Battle of the Piney Woods with Sam Houston because that was a great game that they played at Energy Stadium and it was a fun atmosphere. And it's a game that got people talking. And that was the Sunbelt strategy for, for realignment was let's go find teams and games that get people talking. Let's get App State and Georgia Southern. They hate each other. They played for you know, played meaningful games for years. That gets people fired up. Let's go get James Madison. James Madison gets people talking when they play some of these other teams. When they play Marshall, it's a game that everybody gets fired up about. Like it gets it gets people going. It gets the conversation going, and that's worked so well for them that most people would argue like they probably have the best situation of any group of five conference left. I mean, the Mountain West certainly has leverage with Washington State and Oregon State coming in for football. We'll see how that all shakes out, but. Uh, right now, the Sun Belt has a phenomenal situation because they went after teams and games and matchups that got people excited to watch them play college football. And it worked, man. It worked brilliantly. The Fun Belt is alive and well. Where are you going, uh, Court Storch? <laughs> since, since, we, since we just randomly jumped Wow, did you really? Like yeah, you want me to talk about real and Court Storm? Is Storm in the Court? Um. Uh, I think you need to give a chance for the opposing team to get off the floor before you do it. But otherwise, I don't mind it. So how do you do? You just have like a – you put a clock up? Do you just have uh, – You would just have to have people that are like, wait, 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 and then kind of have security give them the hurry up to get us like, hey, this is going to happen. Let's get out, Let's get you out of here. And then as once they're clear, then, yeah, come out on the floor and raise Kane if you want. Your court, you can storm it if you want. As long as same thing on the field. As long as you're not hurt, as long as you're not hurting anybody from the other team, like nobody from the other team gets hurt. That's all I care about. Then it's like it's it's y'all's party, and you can cry if you want to. Yeah, the past year or two, right? We've had uh, players, especially like football altercation with there. Then you had Galen Clark, you have Lebowski now that yes, we've had the the, the run-ins. which I did tease Steve Forbes over a message that, that it, what, he'd, be, he'd be the only guy to ruin court storming for everybody. <laughs> so he did not appreciate that. But I doubt he did. I, and I can, a, I can there's envision. There's at least seven of the nine words that should not be spoken on any airwaves, even if it is a podcast. I'm going to forget about saying that. That's, that's how many words he gave back to me. He <laughs> gave you nine it. words. Yeah, and seven of them I don't think are. The seven words you can't say on the radio. Uh, well, some of them were repeated, but <laughs> it was. It was, it was he didn't find it as entertaining as I found it. So, but that's shocking. Uh, yeah. Yes, that's that's the word for it. Yeah, shocking. Yeah. All right, so we should do this again on uh, Friday. Maybe talk, uh, you know, hoops and <laughs> so kind of tournament. Life, I'm the universe, and hoops. We're winding down. This is this is sports. The, yeah. Starting some others. The crossover season is. We didn't talk much about baseball. No, they got, they're they got done in a big start. way. They're off to a great start. Pitching looks pretty good. Uh, offense came alive at the right time against Ryder, and they got the sweep of a Ryder team that won their conference and beat Coastal Carolina in the tournament last year. So yeah, softball home opener uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow, Tuesday, recording play a doubleheader against App State. Yep, uh, free admission for that one. And then uh, Robert Morris this weekend for softball and App State baseball tomorrow. Yes, correct. So uh, there we go. I don't think they're taking the same bus. Yes, uh, it should. It should be the old school day. Should be the old school. Uh, the old high school. You well, then baseball has to wait for softball to get done. Softball's playing, well, too. Let's just not be selfish. Like you are. 
Jay and Keith. On the Keith and Jay. It's Keith and Jay now. Oh, Stop being my mic. Selfish. <laughs>